in West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where he spent most of his days chilling out, maxing, relaxing, all cool while shooting some b-ball outside of this. Hold on one second. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, that's another Philly musician. My bad. <laughs> but guess what? His story is actually not too far from that Will Smith Fresh Prince story. You want to hear about it? Here we go. Let's do it. Robert Kennedy the third here RK3 that's me and welcome to another episode of the what's my story podcast today we've got an amazing guest for you but before we get to my guest and his story here's what we're gonna do I want to invite you to do a couple of things for me I want you to go to wmspodcast.live forward slash watch let everybody know that you're watching the show right here or you can go to the audio version of the podcast that's what's my story podcast.live now we all also have a couple other things that are happening. Let me make sure that I have my notes here straight. This this episode today is going to be sponsored by Rescue Events planning. If you want to make sure that your event is handled, make sure that you get rescue events management to do that for you. Make sure that you share the podcast with other people because every Monday we've got stories of plain old perseverance and grit, how people got from there to hear how they navigated and pivoted from seminal moments in their lives to really grab and create the success that they have today. Now, I need you to do me a favor. Do your man a favor. As we say, I want you to go right here to this side. And there's a note there. I want you to shoot me a text. Send me a text at 410-936-4049. It's going to do a couple of things for you. It's going to get your comments on the show. If you want to have a comment and you want to send something to me, we're going to place that on the show. And it's also going to enter you into a giveaway for some swag. We're going to be running a giveaway in a couple of weeks. And I want to make sure that you're a part of that. So to enter the giveaway, send me a text 410-936-4049. If you want to support the show, also head over rk3tv.live forward slash BMAC and you can support what we're doing on the show. Check it out. We've got some people already. Meredith Hurston. Hey, good to see you today. Love the show setup. All right. James Hicks. What up, yo? Hey, James, how you doing today? Now, listen, y'all, let's get to this story. We've got a fabulous story today. Keith Pelzer is my guest. And like me, he's a preacher's kid and preacher's kids are supposed to be bad. <laughs> so today let's find out if that's true or not. Keith Pelzer is a Grammy, Grammy winning producer who's worked with the likes of Will Smith, Jill Scott, Floetry, Dave Hollister, Earth, Wind and Fire, and the list goes on and on. He's a pastor himself right now, and he loves to ride y'all. We're going to hear a little bit about that today, too. And he has some amazing conversations that he wants you to hear at theconvos.live. You're going to see that right underneath his name as soon as we bring him on. I'm excited for this conversation. Keith Pelzer, what's your story, brother? Yo, How you doing today? I'm doing good. Is your audio fine from, um, from my end? Am I sounding yeah. okay? Yeah, you're sounding okay. great. All right. You're sounding I just wanted perfect. to make sure. Just, 
Oh no! Come on, All you're, right, you're, you're, you're professional at this. That's the producer in you coming out. You're like, is the audio good? Is the audio good? <laughs> but it's it's not always you and me. Sometimes it's just yeah. the equipment. It just yeah. stuff happens. You know, stuff happens. Yeah. yeah. What's going on, man? Love it. I'm excited that you're on the show today, brother. It is. It's been a journey. I think you have caused me to spend quite a few dollars in my studio setup and equipment, but we're not going to talk about that today. Mm. <laughs> Yikes, my bad. My yeah, bad. Yeah. Listen, I want to talk to you first about this whole pastor's kid thing, man. I I have mm-hmm. grown up. My daddy's still a pastor. My daddy's like, is my daddy's going to turn 75 later this year, and he's still pastoring. Mm-hmm. And um, we have these things as pastor's kids that we endure or that we go through or that we live and expectations that we live with. And a lot of times they say that pastor's kids are the worst kids. Tell me about your growing up as a pastor's kid. I mean, was what was that like for you, man? Oh, for me, um, actually it was a great experience yeah. having to, it was bad at times, but it was great overall because I wasn't yeah. able to do everything that everybody else could do. Um, and then you had the stigma put on you that you couldn't do certain things. So you did them because somebody told you you couldn't do it. And then you had to have the reality of the DNA of our house being a PK wasn't what the typical idea was. So you have to take a picture into what's different about me and what's the stereotype that people have. And then, you know, there's denomination. So you know, I, we, we were Baptist growing up, but I went to a Catholic school, hung out with Kojic friends, Apostolic, Seventh-day Adventist, you name it, you know, yeah. atheist, the whole nine, Muslim. So it's just kind of like, what's the definition of being a PK? It's right. just, I got to go to church on Sunday. You know, you can't do a whole bunch of cussing and stuff and whatever. But then life really wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Right. You know, it, it wasn't too bad. But um, yeah, I kind of lived up to we are the worst ones. But I did that not by pressure. I I just did it by, I don't know, peer pressure, which I don't believe in. But I, for some reason, everything that I did that was typical of right. PKs are bad, I did it just because, and it was my own fault. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So would you say that being a PK um, and maybe some of the trouble that you got yourself in laid the foundation anyway for some of the successes or some of the things that you're up to right now? Oh, definitely. Um, Let me see. Well, some of the trouble was venturing out into anything that's not church. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, learning how to curse. I mean, I could tell that from my own family, (laughs) not not the immediate household, but, you know, a couple of cousins and uncles, you learn about alcohol cigarettes, drugs, you know, everybody got some something in some extension of your family that yeah. you can dive into. And um, I think a part of my growing up was the rebellion in music that became mm. success. It's crazy. You asked that question. You a PK for real. Um, yeah. But uh, you're a preacher, though. You're a preacher, though. So because um, asking that question is loaded and is loaded in a yeah. great way, because I never I got to say this to you, brother. I never thought of the phrasing like that, the way mm-hmm. you just said it. What was it that was the rebellious part that launched you into where it was a reward? Right. And that's kind of rough where it's kind of like it was the music rebellion that got me into the success that I've seen in hip hop and R&B. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I Mm -hmm. phrase it that way because 
I'm having a conversation this morning and we're talking about how parents in some ways we or grownups, we lock the curiosity and the creativity of our children off in certain ways by locking them in and saying, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. And we Mm -hmm. end up bringing them up in this box. And one of two things happens. Either they grow up and they're so regimented and stuck that they just follow certain rules and they just do things a certain way and they don't really figure out how to live. Or they say, you know what? Forget your rules and we're just going to go crazy and we're going to do everything outside uh, outside of it. But growing up in a spiritual atmosphere, we kind of say, you know, the whole um, Romans 8, 28, all things work together <laughs> for good. Thing, right. Right. Because mm-hmm. um, it's like we end up coming back and all of the experiences make the story that we end up living. So that's that's wow. kind of my, my my asking or why I'm asking that. So so tell us a little bit maybe about some of the the beginnings of maybe where your music production started. Yeah, you were you were a little bad kid. Um, what did that lead to, and and where and where did the beginning of your music production stuff start? Um, what's amazing is the more I have to tell this story, the more it kind of helps. Um, yeah. The skill that I didn't have um, became a blessing for me. And mm. when, when, you know, growing up as a musician, there were, there was, a, there was the, the musician that knew how to play the song. And then there was the musician that knew, the musician that knew how to do that thing. And then I never right. forget, you know, being in church when, you know, you're playing the song and it's like, doo, 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 and after a while you go, bitter, 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 you're hitting the solo and everybody like, ooh, yeah. it, that boy good, he good, he good, he good. Look at that boy. And, and all eyes are on you. And yeah. I, I chased that for a minute to be fancy. And then I'm just like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm just going to stay in my lane. And and I got more calls and I got more um like time to play just knowing how to play all the songs rather than to be a hit in a solo right. on one song. And so I learned something called consistency. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got to shout out my boy, um, Amir Thompson from The Roots, the drummer. The amazing nice. thing about him is you probably will never find a bunch of solo videos where he's going. But what right. you will find is you see him just sitting there playing straight. Pocket. And so yeah. I learned pocket. And so production yeah. for me was churches would sing the same songs every Sunday over and over. And after a while it got boring, but then I started listening to the consistency of, you know, being the same and repetitive so that you can learn it. And then Mm -hmm. that part that you asked me before about jumping into the area that you couldn't jump into, that was a blessing. I learned rhythm. And then I started thinking about heartbeat. God put in us a heartbeat. Our hearts don't just go all over the place. And every morning it plays a different type of beat it has to stay constant. And so wow. I learned how to do production from consistency rather than like a circus type, you know, exploitation of doing a whole bunch of stuff. And so I learned that the majority likes consistency. And that's yeah. when I jumped into music because I'm like hip hop, R&B and stuff. It doesn't have all this extra stuff to me. Church music was expression all the time. So mm-hmm. every Sunday you could sing the same song over and over again, but it it was fresh for that day. So, right. you know, Jesus keep me near the cross is fresh for that day because the deacon last week, you know, he's Jesus keep. And that was because <laughs> it's Sunday morning. 
Now right. he done buried somebody or he went through some heck last week. So when he comes right. in this morning, gee, and you know, he got more tune into it. So yeah. every Sunday is different. And I was just like, but you can't sell that because it's too many yeah. varieties. So wow. that kind of pulled me into production and, wow. and it was the consistency. And I'm like, I can do that. And it takes a discipline to have consistency and stay in the pocket. So let's dive into that a little bit more. I think when when we hear about music and we hear the term, you know, playing by air, we hear about improvisation, we hear about all of these different things. I really want to kind of connect that to to life and success. What is it that really would you say is the thing, the ingredient that really caused you to find success in the music industry once once you entered the industry. Wow. So, um, so entering into the music industry, um, yeah. you, you mentioned the word success. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I'll introduce this, do this real quick. I yeah. always say this anytime I'm live success and significance. Mm -hmm. Neither one of those are bad words. And one, I don't consider to be much better than the other, except right. for in the format of Mary and Martha. And so those people who know about Mary and Martha, Jesus never said that Martha was bad and Mary was right. better. He just said, Mary have chosen the better part. So wow. the better part was the significance in there. She's Martha successfully cleaned the house. She was mm -hmm. trying to successfully get things in order, but Mary sacrificed the success for significance and significance was, I don't know how long I got him here to talk and I really need wow. to hear what he has to say. And mm -hmm. so you make choices based on, What's significant? Significant has to outstand and over, overshadow to an extent success because success are like rungs on a ladder. Significance yeah. is the the making sure that the rungs work <laughs> on the ladder. You see wow. what I'm saying? Significance is checking to make sure that the battery, you know, is going to start the car. Um, and success is you started it and finished the race. I successfully wow. beat this other person. But the thing is, I'd rather significantly check to make sure that the tires, the lugs are on so the wheel don't fall off. There's gas in the car so you can get there or the battery's charged so it won't go out. That's significant. Right. Significant don't always take off from the starting line. But significance wow. is concerned about the finishing line. And so mm. um, to me in the industry, I always carry significance with me, which is a blessing and a curse to some people. Because when you think significance, you'll sacrifice success to say, if this don't really have value for me, other than finances, which in most yeah. cases is the success, then, you know, I'll, I'll let it go. Wow. Wow. Well, listen, you are dropping bombs already here. I mean, just that comparison, that phrase, that, that, that journey that you just took on, took us on with significance and success. I mean, that's an entire show right there. And wow. I want to get into your, 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 your career and some of the people that you've worked with. And although we talk about success, we also talk about some of the valleys and some of the pitfalls and some of the things that you had to navigate and push through in order to get to the consistency that you were talking about. And I want to get into that. But before we do that, I want to drop a word from our sponsor, Rescue Events Planning. Are you still struggling to plan your next event? Let us rescue you. It's handled. It's handled. 
It's handled. I am Melissa Jakes, CEO and founder of Rescue Event Planning, the Olivia Pope of Live Events. Consider your next event handled. Hey, Melissa, thank you so much for that rescue event planning. Listen, y'all, if you want your event to be handled so you don't have to do everything yourself, definitely get in touch with rescue event planning by going to rescueeventplanning.com. So let's jump back into this conversation with my man, my dude, the doctor himself, Keith Pelzer. So let's talk, man. You, you, you've met and you've worked with DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. Um, and I was laughing at the beginning when we were doing the in West Philadelphia born and raised thing. Uh, but, but that's, that's kind of your background. So how mm -hmm. did, how did some of those connections start to, to happen? Um, well, actually being okay. So being a church musician, you normally hang around the music store a lot. And mm -hmm. so, um, you're a kid that goes to school, you play for talent shows, uh, you go a bunch of choir rehearsals to sharpen your skills. And then, you know, you're always playing on the keyboards in the music store that sometimes you can't even afford. But, you know, you play on it in faith because you have hope that one day I'm going to get yeah. one of these. Or if I come to the music store every day, then I can play a DX7. Well, yeah. I met Jazzy Jeff in a store called A Street Music Store, um, which okay. was in Philadelphia. And um, and meeting him, you know, he asked me to come down to the studio, which was I was excited about. And then a friend of mine, um, John Roberts, brother of mine, um, he actually was already going to Jeff's studio, but we were like church musicians hanging out, you know, right. we're PKs. He's a PK, John Roberts as well. Um, and so, you know, end up going to the studio a lot, but then simultaneously the production skills that I was, you know, honing in on, I was able to take that and show, Hey, I can hang around this studio. You know, I can be a benefit to doing production work. And so it's like right. a, a thing of preparing and improving yourself in the moment on how you've been prepared. And right. so um, that kind of opened the door up and then going to Temple, I went to Temple University and they used to have these uh, spring fling days and you know, you're outside with the band, artists would come in, you show mm. that you can play live, but then you go to the studio with them and then you start doing that work. Um, and that's kind of what got me into the music industry. Um, right. And once you get known in there, you start meeting people, you're hanging around the studio all the time. One thing goes to the next. And so being right. at the right place at the right time um, just kind of helps. And everything branches from there. And those stories, it's amazing how you have right up here. What's my story? Yeah. You know, everybody's story is different, but kind of the same um, yeah. in a sense that you can make different cakes. But the main ingredients in cakes, sugar, eggs, you know what I'm saying, right. <laughs> is all in everybody's cake. So that's basically yeah. how I got into it. Yeah. So people see you, they see your resume, they see Jazzy Jeff, Fresh Prince, Jill Scott, uh, Earth, Wind and Fire remixes. They see they see all of this stuff and they're like looking and saying, whoa, this dude is successful, but you're mm -hmm. living your life and you're on the inside of this thing. What are some of the things that you've had to navigate or deal with that most people wouldn't even believe or they they just nah you're not telling the truth Keith that's no no you look like success to us okay so Robert I'm gonna tell you how much I love you man um I got a couple of different uh I got a couple of different interviews and broadcasts to be on yeah. and uh you're gonna kind of get it first exclusively love um it. if it was that one thing I could say that people would not really believe is true is 
being being robbed of your money. Wow. That's that's just that's the easy part. Um, that could be yeah. a whole show within itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the 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 trickiness of it. Um, yeah. a lot of times people they don't want to believe the story when they say, Oh, it's like the devil's in it and X, Y, and Z. I never forget an attorney telling us, uh, my partner and I, he said <laughs> we, were, we were trying to, we had these like three deals on the table, me and my partner, uh, Darren mm-hmm. Henson. And he said, he said, I'm going to just tell you something. And this is a Jewish lawyer. He says, the devil normally comes with the biggest check. And it was just wow. like, whoa. Now that's hard when you're looking at the biggest check and you're like, well, right. I want the biggest check. And it's like, well, that when the devil comes with it. And you're kind of like, wow. so what you saying? Like, I'm supposed to take this lower money? Like, you know, we're going right. to cut this over $50,000 because you said the devil's $50,000 more. And you kind of yeah. like, mm, you know, it's $50,000 better to get the devil with. And you kind of like, ah, I'll take the discount and eliminate right. the devil, you know, but it's kind of like now when you go back to church, they say, you know, with every level, there's another devil. That's right. <laughs> so you like, that's the part that people do not like to hear that. Yeah. Um, and the, the issue is people either start and their talent gets overshadowed or their gift mm-hmm. gets overshadowed. Because yeah. they're too cautious about crossing every T and dotting every I, or they don't care about any of the grammar going in and they get jerked in the long run. Wow. And then there's wow. that. It just happens that, you know, if you're not watching, it, it'll come up and, you know, spiritually, we know watch as well as pray. Well, you got to mm-hmm. create <laughs> and, and produce as well as pray. And you yeah. got to pay attention because somewhere along the way, it's, you know, something's happening. There's an undercurrent that if you don't keep your stroke right, you'll get sucked into it. And then wow. all heck breaks loose. And that has happened in so many areas um, that that's the one thing that people just wouldn't believe when you start unpacking the stuff you've been through and right. what it took to get the plaques on the wall. You know, there's some of them that you kind of like, oh, this was the best thing. And that right. one, you made the least amount of money from it. But the one you made the most money, the one that you recognize most for it's like all hell broke loose with it. Right. So yeah. what, what, so what's the thing then for you that really kind of makes you stick in the game? I mean, when, when all the crazy is happening, what is the thing in your mind in your body in your family? What is the thing that causes you to say, you know what? Mm, I done put in too much time in this thing. What, what is the thing that causes you to push through? Um, the basis of why you did it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people that, you know, they basically, they're like, yo, I want I want money. Right. And this is a way to get it. Um, this, you know, when you think of the drug game for, for real quick, I've never known to me personally, a drug dealer that really says, Hey, what I really want to do is get this, this crack out to these people. And make them die from it. I mean, I want to be successful and people really tearing themselves up, minds going crazy, homes being broken. They never do it for that reason. It's right. kind of like it's this is a way to to have money, to have a car, to have power or something like that. It's it's not for that reason. Now, when you take music, we do music to say, I really this is the problem. Most people will do music and say, I really want to touch people. I want to mm-hmm. share my story and, and and bless people. I want people to feel good. So I make feel good music. Then right. there are people that's just like, hey, there's a way that if I can do a track, a song, and it make a hit, 
then I can drive that car. That right. will not keep you going because right. sooner or later, when when it goes from Tower Records to iTunes right. <laughs> and, and the royalty checks don't look the same, you're going right. to throw in the towel or you're going to go crazy because you kind of like, wait a minute. When I was on a platinum record in 2000, I had a big bank account. Now I'm on a multi-platinum record in 2018 and I got a $2,000 check. What happened? Oh, the music industry changed. You see? So now you all screwed up. <laughs> you know, wow. you totally jacked up. So now you don't, it's not the same way. And if you were doing it for the money, then, then you all messed up. If mm-hmm. you're doing it because it's, that's what you love to do. And when you do what you love to do, the consequence of significance, here it is, the consequence of significance is value. There's a return on investment when you aim for significance. When you aim for just success alone without the bottom line of significance. See, success is not bad. But if you don't, if you don't, if you can't define your significance in the levels of success you're looking for, then then it's going to it's going to drop out. It's kind of like it doesn't have a foundation or support system. So success is something that it's something that you can see, but there's no support system if you don't if you can't find significance in it. Wow. You see. Wow. So 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 even like churches with PKs here, churches that want to grow, they start off and it's like, OK, here's a warehouse and we're going to throw people in it and we're going to have this mega ministry. Well, if the reason for it is just to have the largest church in your area and to be well known and for Pete to be popular, then you ain't had no significance. You're successful, but what's the significance? Wow. People are just going, but nothing's going in them. And that's wow. what we've seen for too long. There's a lot of people that go to church, but church ain't going in them. <laughs> and so <laughs> when wow. you have that, you can have what they call AI, artificial intelligence. So there's an right. artificial going on with the inner being of a person. And it's just, it's just outside. So in the music industry, what I've learned, what keeps me going is I've always had a reason inside. And that reason doesn't have to be that deep. It can just be like, you know what? I'm feeling something right now. And I wow. envision this going somewhere. The Grammy that I got, I it, it wasn't the Grammy I thought I was going to get off of the stuff. I swore other songs was going to get the Grammy. You couldn't tell me that He Loves Me from Jill Scott wasn't going to get a Grammy. And we was yeah. close, but never got a Grammy with that. The one we got Grammy with crossed my mind. Okay. Wow. I mean, but the the thing that kept me going, I enjoyed every song, whether it made a lot, whether it made a little, songs that never got released, the same passion I put into that track, I got it now. Same passion. Wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, I want you to take us out. Tell us a little bit about what you've got going on. We've got your website underneath the bottom there, the convos.live. Tell us a little bit about what you've got going on and, and just share a last word with us for those people who have heard this conversation, but are struggling with maybe a next step. They're, they're struggling with the discipline. They're struggling with, as you, as you talked about the why mm-hmm. earlier on, they're struggling with how to really craft that, grasp that, put that together in their space in order to help propel them forward. Give, give us the last word, man. Well, so um, um, real quick, I'll, I'll just say this, you know, as I said, significance and success. Um, significance, you'll always have joy with it. Success is only going to make you happy. I'm happy when I get a check. I'm happy when my song is played on the radio. 
But when it's not played on the radio and I know that it was already put out or I know that it's it's got a potential sitting on my hard drive, that's joy because I know that when I created it, I was in a space that I had fun. If it was creation from pain, I was outpouring my pain into my talent, into my gift. And then we know scripture says your gift will make room for you without super context on it. And so when you have joy in what you do, joy doesn't mean you're going to be happy all the time, but it, it keeps a consistency for you. So and now we have to pivot. And so that's a big word. Now I preached on it yesterday. A pivot basically is like take the basketball player. You drive them down the court. You see the basket, but something comes up. They block you. And beat is in front of you. You got to stop and you got to hold the ball. You got to grip it tight because somebody's trying to smack it out of your hand. And your pivot yeah. is you got to keep playing it in one spot. You still can make movement with the other foot. But all you got to do is keep that one pivot on the ground and you got to look. Who else is open? What other avenue can I take? And then if the defender is slipping, then you can still go forward with what you was trying to do. But you got to jump when you move because you can't walk when you can't step forward because you that's going to be a walk. So sometimes you got to jump forward or you got to pass it out of your hand or you just got to shoot. And so um, joy is what's going to pull you through because happiness, you're not going to be happy when things break. You're not going to be happy when things don't go your way. But joy will always allow you to jumpstart for your next day. I love it. I love it. I love it. That was a word. That was a sermon. That was everything in about <laughs> 60 seconds. Y'all go check out Keith Pelzer, Pastor Keith Pelzer. Check him out at theconvos.live. I mean, if you could, you can, you can also Google him and check him out online. And you want to check out his ministry, you can go, uh, go attend them, go connect with them in Philadelphia as well. Listen, Doc, it's so great to have you on the show today. I appreciate you, man. Thank you. That was super fabulous and amazing. I don't know if you got any words from that today, but success and significance. Where are you living? Where are you operating? Are you operating in success or are you operating in significance? Is your purpose, is the reason why you're doing things simply for success or are you doing things, are you living because you want significance? You've got to check that out and you've got to make sure that you do the right thing in order to get to the place that's going to propel you into your purpose and into success. Remember y'all, as we say every time, all the things that are happening to you in life are your stuff. Your stuff is your story and your story deserves a stage. Don't forget to text me 410-936-4049 so that you can enter our giveaways. And we'll see y'all again on the next episode of What's My Story. What's my story?